are listening to the PGX for Pharmacists podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacogenomics is the study of how genes affect a person's response to drugs. This revolutionary science combines pharmacology and genomics to develop effective, safe medications and doses that will be tailored to a person's genetic makeup. There's no better healthcare provider position to leverage the analytical power of pharmacogenomics to provide more effective medication therapies and outcomes than a clinical pharmacist. And now, here's the host of the PGX for Pharmacists podcast, pharmacist, researcher, and national pharmacogenetics expert, Ken Sternfield. Good afternoon and welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. My name is Ken Sternfeld and I'm the host of PGX for Pharmacists. I'm very excited to welcome a very special guest to our show today. It's Hillary Blackburn. Hillary Blackburn is a uh, young woman who has uh, been heard across our industry uh, on her podcast, uh, Talk to Pharmacies. Hillary is um, the Director of Pharmaceutical Services at the Dispensary of Hope. And um, during this interview, we'd love to hear a little bit more about what Hillary is doing as she's advancing uh, uh, the career of many, many pharmacists in our profession. I want to welcome Hillary. Good afternoon, Hillary. How are you? Yeah. Hey, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you. We've been, uh, I've been following uh, some of your talks for quite some time. And um, if you'd be kind enough to kind of share a little bit of your background and the experience in the healthcare industry, because you have a breadth of experience and I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, sure. So I'm a graduate of the University of Mississippi's School of Pharmacy and completed a PGY-1 pharmacy practice residency at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Uh, While I was in pharmacy school, I was able to serve as an intern during two summers with the pharmacy department uh, or the Office of Pharmacy Affairs within HRSA or the Health Resources and Services Administration. And the internship there provided really great insight into the importance of um, the safety net community. So that uh, the Office of Pharmacy Affairs oversees the 340B program and getting to get exposed to that side of of policy and kind of looking at, at how to impact uh, practice from a, a broad level was always really interesting to me. I loved all of the, the clinical work and being able to to interact directly with patients uh, that I was getting exposed to as a student and resident. And then for the first couple of years, uh, as I was a a new pharmacist in the Nashville, Tennessee area, and uh, am now uh, at Dispensary of Hope, as you mentioned, um, as the Director of Pharmaceutical Services. Well, I saw as I was reviewing uh, for the show, you had actually done some volunteer work at the uh, at the Dispensary of Hope. And it's always nice to see when someone wants a vision and sees a passion and what they want to do, that initially they, they go there because they want to go there. And it appears that you were able to create a position for yourself and uh, develop a real career just by kind of giving back initially and uh, spending time to do that. So can you tell us a little bit about the Dispensary of Hope and the good things that they're doing? Yeah, absolutely. And I love telling that story to my students that I have on rotations because you never know when a a volunteer opportunity uh, may turn into a position. I certainly 
did not ever see myself being there full time when I was volunteering. But so when I was uh, working for an independent pharmacy, when I first got to Nashville, and he, uh, the owner of that independent pharmacy also operated the pharmacy inside a mental health clinic. And some of those patients were having some difficulty affording their prescriptions. And I heard heard the mention of, of the Dispensary of Hope program. And as I learned more, I uh, was able to reach out to that organization and help develop their formulary uh, before joining full-time in November of 2015. And so just as you mentioned, I was able to create a position for myself. Um, so after volunteering there for about two years, they were able to um, hire me as, as a full-time pharmacist. And uh, I'm responsible for a number of, of things in this role, which is really exciting. So um, first and foremost, just bringing that clinical pharmacist expertise to the organization and uh, to support the network of pharmacies and charitable clinics that we serve. Um, I can get to consult with pharmacy leaders all across the country and share expertise on, aff on affordable medicine access for low-income patients. Um, so I, I help with some strategy and identifying and implementing programs to really address gaps in ph pharmaceutical care. Uh, through inclu the inclusion of the Dispensary of Hope program. And our, I lead our research and formulary development at Dispensary of Hope, as well as create tools for successful program utilization. Um, right now, I am doing a lot of work and developing and maintaining strategic partnerships with several external organizations, including the advisory board company, which is now Optum. And uh, Belmont and Lipscomb Colleges of Pharmacy. We're about to have a really great partnership as well with the University of Mississippi School of Population Health. And we are so excited uh, to be able to team up with them to really show how uh, pharmacy uh, really plays a, a big role in uh, solving and, and helping uh, serve those population health initiatives that health systems are really trying to take on right now. Well, it's pharmacy, but it's also dedicated pharmacists like yourself who are making this impact across this the healthcare continuum because there's a global problem where people can't afford their medications and you're reaching out with the mission and the dispensary of hope. Um, how specifically would anyone uh, want to do something and how could they assist in the vision and the mission of the dispensary of hope? Yeah, that's a great question. So, uh, Dispensary of Hope is a small team and, uh, you know, we don't do broad advertising and, hey, we have free medications because then we would we'd really just be answering calls all day long. Um, but, it, but, you know, there are specific patients that are eligible and we, we want to make sure that we have the right partners. So um, with that, uh, we have a sales or expansion team that's responsible for uh, expanding the network. And I, I work very closely with that team. And we want to make sure that um, because we are an, a nonprofit entity, we have to work with other nonprofit organizations, and that can be hospitals or clinics or charitable pharmacies. Uh, so while I was in school and, and just getting out, I was not 
familiar with charitable pharmacies, but there are um, those across the country, actually. A lot of them uh, are associated with St. Vincent de Paul uh, facilities or that organization. And so just like, um, you know, you hear of free clinics, uh, a charitable pharmacy is a way that pharmacists can give back and uh, really use their skill set in helping the vulnerable get access to medicine um, and then making sure they provide that medication management for them. That's very interesting. I did not know that. Uh, part of the education process for me as well. Um, are there um, charitable pharmacists? Can pharmacists individually provide services to your organization, again, not relative to the dispensing of the drug, but perhaps offering um, clinical services or support. Is that an avenue that a pharmacist can pursue with the dispensary of hope? Yeah, so so a lot of the, the, the partnerships that we look for with individual pharmacists, uh, it's really just spreading the word. We are able to uh, expand our mission and our network uh, to be able to serve more patients um, through, a lot of it is through word of mouth. And so, uh, you know, we don't really need a lot of of individualized uh, pharmacists coming in and doing uh, specific work for us. Although I do have a pharmacy advisory council and uh, for, for those who are interested in serving on that, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a sounding board and uh, for people who have, you know, a, a heart and mission for serving the poor, uh, you know, I, I'm, do uh, manage that council, uh, which is really helpful. Right now, it's a lot of uh, people here in, in the Nashville area, but um, I think it would be great to grow and expand that. So um, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn if you're interested in learning more about that. Um, but uh, in other other ways, it's, it's really just word of mouth. So if you're maybe a pharmacist at um, an independent pharmacy or at a hospital or somewhere and you realize in your community that there is a need for, um, you know, better access to medicine, then, you know, give us a call or, um, you know, connect us with somebody in your community. Maybe it's a, a FQHC or hospital, safety net hospital in your community that is serving patients. And maybe they don't know about Dispensary of Hope and we'd be a really great addition to their portfolio of, of other services that they're providing. That's wonderful. And thank you for sharing that information. Uh, um, the thing you touched on about your student rotation, for me, I always love to give back to that next generation. So I can only imagine what a rotation with you would be for a student, how he or she could really open up their eyes to the fact that caring and giving is really as important uh, part of our profession. So um, the next generation of uh, FOMDs really need to know that we need to help uh, the people who can't afford their medications and make sure that they take them. So that's a wonderful mission that I'm sure is included in your rotations and the conversation that you have with these children. Children, yeah. not children, they're <laughs> a young adult. For me, they're children, but, the, but they're young adults. Um, yeah. When I was looking at your um, at your your background, I noticed uh, uh, you know new business development. Healthcare is 
about business. And uh, you had started a a new business with uh, the Pharmacy Advisory Group, which uh, ultimately evolved into a wonderful podcast of talking to the pharmacist. Can you tell us a little bit about what um, motivated you to move into that direction as well? Yeah, so I've I've always been interested in um, kind of entrepreneurial things, especially after getting married to my husband Chad, who is uh, has been heavily involved in the startup area of healthcare here in Nashville, which is definitely a hot spot for healthcare in the country. And so we listen to business podcasts uh, frequently. And, you know, I knew that that I wanted to do something a little different and have a little bit of a creative outlet. And that's when I really came up with the idea last spring and spring of 2017 for doing a podcast, Talk to Your Pharmacist. And I knew that I wanted to expand beyond uh, just doing a podcast, maybe doing some consulting, uh, speaking opportunities, maybe advising companies that are interested in the pharmacy space. And so I, I built out Pharmacy Advisory Group to serve as the umbrella for that. Um, and so it's it's still in its infancy, but it's growing. And so the podcast has been really wonderful because it's given me the ability to put myself out there and build my brand as a knowledgeable, trusted voice in the pharmacy space. And it's been a wonderful way to connect with other pharmacy leaders, just like yourself, Ken. Great. We'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsor. Your community pharmacy business is more important than you realize. Your employees rely on you. Your patients and customers rely on you. Your community relies on your pharmacy to provide healthcare services they trust because your reputation in the community has stood the test of time. In making a decision, it is important to consider not only your business's current needs, but its potential future aspirations. That's especially true as you consider how you plan to invest in your business over the next few years. Before you start shopping around for a financial partner, consider why you need one in the first place. Are you looking for specialized services such as investment help or a small business loan? Do you understand the amount of monthly cash flow you need? Has your pharmacy business even started yet? Choosing a lender who understands the business of pharmacy is crucial to selecting a true partner for your capital and financial needs. Contact First Financial Bank today and discover a totally different kind of bank who's ready to work with you to help your pharmacy thrive. First Financial's lending team is made up of pharmacists, pharmacy owners, and has a combined 75 years of experience in pharmacy. First Financial Bank, we understand the business of pharmacy. Find out more at ffb1.com. Well, we uh, were glad that we we're able to connect with you because talking to the pharmacist is is so critical because we have so much to give, so much to offer, and uh, sometimes in the work environments that we are put into, we don't get that time uh, to talk to the patient. Or talking to our our peers in the industry is really so important because the vision and the mission and our voice really needs to be unified in what we're attempting to do as pharmacists advocating for provider status and doing things that really are going to help us advance our career. So I love the show. Um, I've listened to it. I think it offers a broad stroke of topics. How do you select 
the topics? Are they topics that are brought to you? Do you have a, uh, a an idea of areas that you want to put onto the podcast? How does that work for you? Yeah, so uh, a lot of it started with my existing network. And uh, as you'll kind of see in the, the early episodes, it was a lot of, of Mississippi and Tennessee uh, guests. And we have such great pharmacists uh, in those two states that I've been able to get to work with. And uh, really just, you know, people who inspired me and, you know, were doing really um, innovative things and had great stories. Uh, that I wanted to be able to share with others. And I, I do a lot of reading. Uh, I like to stay on top of what is new in healthcare, not only just pharmacy, but I, I read all of the daily briefings from the advisory board company, uh, Becker's uh, Healthcare Review does a really great job because I think it's, it's so valuable to not only get you know, what's the latest in pharmacy, but to have that broader pers perspective because we're part of a healthcare team and we need to know what's happening in healthcare as a system. And so we've got to, you know, have a seat at the table and be able to, to speak, uh, poignantly about things that are, are relevant. And so for instance, blockchain has been uh, something that I was introduced to, uh, I think back in September of 2016 at a, a HIMSS conference here in Nashville. And, you know, that was just something that was so fascinating to me. And to have Lipscomb University School of Pharmacy uh, join Hash Health, which is a leading uh, expert in blockchain, has been really fun to watch that grow. And so I've been able to interview Beth Breeden with Lipscomb and then also the CEO of Hash Health, um, John Bass. And, and it's funny because I had some students visiting Dispensary of Hope just last week from Belmont and they're like, we listened to your podcast. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's so exciting. And they said, yeah, we actually had someone come in just the other day to talk about blockchain. And I knew about that because of your podcast. And so that was, you know, some great validation for me that, you know, I'm trying to pick topics that, I think are, are really new and up and coming, just like, you know, healthcare IT and medical cannabis. That's a, that's a huge area that is growing. And I think that pharmacy needs to be a part of, um, I'm working on some, some things in that space as well, um, right now. And then of course, you know, precision medicine and pharmacogenomics, I think that that's a huge area of growth and opportunity. So I'm really excited to see things that, uh, like, like you all are doing with uh, RxVIP, and you know, just just think there's a lot of opportunity in the pharmacy space right now. Well, thank you. Uh, well, I look forward to that opportunity because a couple of months ago I could barely spell the word podcast. I'm certainly not a technologically advanced individual, but I can tell you from personal and professional perspective. Being able to do what I'm doing now has really been one of the most fulfilling and rewarding experiences I've ever had as a pharmacist. Because when you do talk about things and people listen, they do say, it's really nice to say. Uh, then when you hear, I heard you on that podcast, or the things you were talking about resonated with me. So I can relate to that. 
And I really, um, I just feel it's great what you're doing and talking to the pharmacist, having the ability to dialogue. Um, certainly you're always going to be welcome <coughs> here on the, on the show here uh, with us because you bring a great perspective of our profession. You touched on PGX for a second. Can you tell me about your perspective of that, you know, in terms of uh, where a pharmacist might be able to intersect in that uh, new technology? Yeah, so I think I know just enough to be dangerous or or maybe maybe not even that much, but um yeah, I think with pharmacogenomics pharmacists are really poised to become the point per- person for that tool uh, to optimize drug therapy. Um so, you know, patients are taking more and more medications with uh an increased drug uh or increased risk for drug interactions and so having uh genomics and pharmacogenomics is really valuable. Um and it's it's interesting because I've seen or heard that um, returning genetic test results to patients is sometimes a challenge because even doctors at an FDA hearing had said they really wanted to help with this, uh, but their patients were having to wait uh, about nine months for an appointment. Um, and so that's a really great opportunity when you see something like that and you're like, wow, there's a problem. Um, how do we fit that need? And so I think that you guys have done a really great job in identifying that need and, you know, approaching the physician practices and, you know, showing your value, um, which is being able to interpret these results and um, able to simplify the drug selection process so that we can hopefully decrease the number of medication errors. So I think that having pharmacists, uh, weigh in and, and really be a part of the, the pharmacogenomics um, process uh, is, you know, just an, a really helpful way to improve population health management and uh, performance, which is now really a part of that value-based reimbursement system that we're moving towards. Absolutely. And there are also cost savings because eliminating the trial and error uh, prescribing protocols is a tremendous cost savings to healthcare. And we've seen the fact that educating the physicians, even though this test has been around for 10 years and used by major you know, research and hospitals and it's been around and to use it, we found that the doctors just don't really even put it into their protocols. So for us, it's almost a national awareness And I believe the pharmacist, as you said, is right in that hub, is that hub. And I don't think I've seen anything in the pharmacy profession which gives a pharmacist an opportunity to really step forward and move themselves into that literal provider status for this kind of um, review and incorporate it into other billable value-based services like chronic care management and other things. So we believe that pharmacogenetics is so critical uh, to the well-being of the patient and will be embraced as a standard care. So any pharmacist could, should, you know, and really need to lower the risk of adverse drug reactions. So we appreciate your perspective as well. And if there's anything we can do to raise awareness uh, uh, on your channels or anything else like that, we'd certainly want to do that. One of the things that I always think about when I think of talking to a pharmacist and this is a question that I thought about specifically for you. What are the questions that you find most interesting when you speak to other pharmacists? 
What are they looking for? What is the profession as a whole asking from, from us, from all of us to advance our profession? Yeah, that's a great question, Ken. Um, you know, I, I think that, that pharmacists are, uh, you know, really looking for what are the unique practice areas and settings where they can really go in and make a difference. And I think, you know, even when I, when I was in school, um, we really just kind of heard about retail and hospital. And, and I think that, you know, the push towards residencies has been really important, but, you know, it really might not be for everyone. And so I think one of my goals with the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast is to expose the unique and different career paths available to pharmacists. You know, you might be advising companies, you might work for pharma, you might work for a wholesale distributor, um, nuclear pharmacy. There, I can't remember the exact number of uh, different career avenues. It was well over, I think, 150. Um, somebody mentioned to me, uh, I think, at the ASHP conference back in December. And, and I think that, you know, just being able to really learn the clinical skills in school, and then, you know, if you want to continue honing those in as during a residency is so valuable. And then going out and, you know, looking at where there's uh, a need or a gap in the healthcare system and filling in those gaps. So, you know, you know, following your, your passion, whether that's in, in health IT or whether it's in direct patient care um, or whether it's in policy, you know, there are, are people who are able to bring the pharmacist perspective to some of the different federal agencies and really weigh in so that uh, pharmacy is being heard and uh, that value because we are a really um, very skilled and trained profession that is is underutilized right now. And so I think that uh, pharmacists are really starting to uh, feel comfortable or get a little more comfortable in uh, speaking up and, you know, making their voice known. And so I think that, you know, these podcasts that, that are happening and, um, you know, some of the other different social media forms are really so valuable. So that was really the goal that, that I was hoping for in creating the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast was, was just to be able to expose all of the different um, things happening in pharmacy. And, and I keep seeing, you know, coaching or, or helping pharmacists find uh, enjoyable career paths is, is something that people are really gravitating towards. Um, as you can, can see from, you know, the Happy PharmD or, or, or Blair um, Thielemeyer is, you know, doing some different cool things with consulting and, um, and then Ashley uh, with Ashley RX is, is doing some coaching uh, for student pharmacists and for pharmacists who are wanting to maybe make a, a transition. So I think there's a lot of neat things happening. And um, I, I think that pharmacists are, are talking a little bit more. 
I agree. And, and, you know, through crisis comes opportunity. Our profession, sadly, is in a state of turmoil. Uh, a lot of things going on, a lot of changes. And when I asked myself that same question about what I wanted, and it kind of led me to the path that I'm on now, my answer was I just wanted more. I didn't know what more was, but what I was doing wasn't enough. It wasn't enough for patient-centric care. It wasn't enough for me to personally feel fulfilled as a pharmacist. And I think that that challenge is with every pharmacist. We kind of all struggle with this chronic pharmacist syndrome of we get into what we're doing and we think that's all we can do. But you're right. The people who are helping saying you can step out of the box, you can do something different. Yes, it's different. Yes, you have to take a little bit of leap in faith in yourself. But if you do a self-assessment and you say, I want more, there's nothing you can't do. We ju- I just started, I took one day a week off from retail pharmacy, and that's how we started. And now it's turned out to be, you know, my, what I do all the time. So it, the question is, for me, um, how does every pharmacist find that more? And there are so many resources like you, you know, like the, the trainers, the, the, the consultants, like the podcast for these pharmacists to really think about advancing their career. So I really want to thank you. You're, you're a great voice to our profession. You're uh, um, you know, a wonderful person. We've had the opportunity to connect on email and, and things like that. So uh, I look forward to continuing to have dialogue with you um, as we do things uh, collaboratively together, because collaboration really is the key to, I believe, the success in healthcare in every aspect of it. So I really want to thank you for your time taking it, and I'm certainly willing to come on your show anytime uh, to talk about what we do with RxVIP. Absolutely. And you are doing some really cool things and just taking the pharmacy profession so that we're able to practice at the top of our license. So I love all of, all of the different things that you've been able to do. And it was so great to have a conversation with you, Ken, and uh, be able to, to talk with you and be on the PGX show. Thank you. It was our pleasure. Uh, This is PGX for Pharmacists. I'm Ken Sternfeld, uh, host on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and I want to wish all our listeners a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time.